Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How is your Monday? Freezing cold, Dennis. It's so cold. <laughs> so cold. <laughs> yeah, there's a freak. Uh, I don't know, freak, but it's been warm. I am still in uh, slightly northern Alabama. Even you're going to get cold is what I'm told. Everybody listening now will yeah. be like, oh, yeah, man, it was so cold. Yeah, there are, are uh, forecasted single digits later this week, so I might be upping my timetable and going back to my sister's place a little early. Um, yeah. Not that it'll be, I mean, that's further north, so it's going to be just as cold there um, yeah. as it is down here. They but, said single uh, digits all the way down like into Texas even and, and Florida. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll have to weather that either here or um, up at my sister's place. Either way, I have to keep the camper warm because there's still water in the system. And mm-hmm. I don't want that to freeze. Um, I guess it, pretty much everybody. And granted, that's something you typically have to deal with because of camper. But like everyone now has to deal with that at that those temperatures. The whole United States kind of has to deal with right. That's right. I mean, we're, people listening up in in northern Canada are like, you don't know what I'm what we go through every day you know constantly cold or right, even like right. in in finland and, and sweden places like that it's so cold there all the time all the time yeah yeah uh but yeah it's going to be uh you know there's a i saw the little presentation on it today how uh big arctic stuff from siberia that kind of shot across the jet stream and got through and it's just going to blanket mm-hmm. the u.s so there's going to be a bunch of stuff that has snowstorm which they're not telling you because they don't know yet which is kind of great uh, where the snowstorm's going to be somewhere, but if there's, they're pretty sure there's going to be a big one. Um, so we're all kind of preparing, but not preparing. And <laughs> I know, I knew it because I came back, had a family Christmas party last Saturday, and was coming back, and Sid and I were talking when we went home, and I said, hey, what's the weather going to be like? Because it was kind of flurrying. And she said, oh, it's going to be negative four on Thursday. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> then negative 10 on Friday. I said, what? No, you're, you're reading the wrong thing. You're reading Celsius. And she's like, no, no, that's... Fahrenheit so it's going to be real bad um I, yeah I, I we're gonna to have to you know pay always pay attention to pipes getting cold and stuff for areas that don't aren't used to that you know southern states in, in America have to worry about their pipes and then you travelers on your stuff get probably frozen so what do you do do you put like you have to empty it all the way out and make sure that it's completely gone overnight that's what most people do um there's a process called winterizing which is only sl- I think it's only slightly different from winterizing a house. Um, there are two versions, although I think sometimes people do both. Um, I do have a fitting where I can connect my water inputs to an air compressor. Okay. And then one by one open the various faucets um, to let that compressed air, like, push all the water out. Oh, yeah. Clean, cleaning the pipes, huh? get everything dry and then there's a plug um their plug there's plugs like at the bottom of the of the freshwater tank and of course the dump tanks have drains on them already mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and then the water heater has a because i have a, a small water heater it has a plug in the bottom you have to un- unscrew and let that like three gallons of water come out um and i did that once when i first had the camper um but normally Normally, when people do that, it's so that they can put the camper in storage through the winter, right? Because it's just going to sit and get cold. Um, because I live in mine, 
I keep the inside warm so that I don't freeze. And then enough of that heat radiates out. Like there are still, there's some plumbing outside, but most of it's inside the, the box. Oh the yeah. Yeah. And then what I've been doing, um, I haven't had to do here until the last couple of days, but I did a couple of weeks ago when I was up in Tennessee and it was in the twenties, um, is I disconnect the water from the hoses outside so that all of that stuff that has water in it has, um, space for that water to freeze and expand without breaking anything. Mm, yeah. I mean, it can be pretty devastating. You get, you know, you expands that ice does and cracks all the pipes and just, yeah. Yeah. Wrecking it's a things. whole, especially cause you know, a, a camper thing, is so. exposed fully to the elements on the outside, you know, don't have like a, a heated undercarriage. Right. Right. Well, some do. Mine, oh, yeah, sure. mine does not, but some of the more like the campers designed for cold weather will have a whole, um, uh, like extra layer of material under the frame that encloses all the pipes and the tanks. Mm-hmm. And then they have, um, they have 12 volt heaters on, on those big tanks, the freshwater tank and the, and the, the waste tanks, um, to keep all of that stuff at like 40 degrees or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that nothing freezes. What, but. So what, 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 uh, it's a weird little twist here. Have you been doing anything last week that's been, um, Christmas themed or a holiday themed, I should say. Like, for, for I'll, I'll go for an example. Like, I, I've been playing Overwatch 2, which has the holiday event, and I've been doing the holiday event mm. stuff that's special. All like snowball, you throw snowballs at each other and things, which is not a, a thing I normally do during the year. It's pl- a special holiday thing that I, you know, we do. Um, I watched right. Hawkeye. This last, I'm starting to watch Little Hawkeye. Which was last it's a year. Christmas movie. The, it, well, yeah, it's all it's centered around Christmas. Um, right. And um, watching Die Hard is not watched Die Hard yet, but it's either going to be tomorrow or the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something I like to watch for you know, the debate of whether it's a holiday movie or not. It's fine. I here's the thing: I like to watch the movie about once a year. So there you go. <laughs> um, <sighs> right. Right. And uh, what other thing holiday themed? I had a holiday party with family, which was pretty fun. Hmm. Um, I think that's all the things I've done holiday themed this year. Have you done anything that's been like, you know, in some games like WoW and stuff have holiday events and things? Yeah, I used to do that. Um, that winter winters. What do they call it? Win- Feast of Winter's Vale. Winter's Vale. Right. In uh, in in World of Warcraft. Right. Um, I used to do that. I used to spend, you know, a few minutes a day. Every holiday time with my family because there are things, there are mounts and stuff that are only available during that holiday. Right. Um, and I have, I don't know, there's something from that that I never got. Um, and so I would still like log on and kill the boss on whatever handful of alts I had that were high enough level. Um go through and like on christmas day there are a bunch of boxes under the tree in iron forge you can open mm-hmm. um as i may have mentioned i've been resisting the pull of the call of the latest expansion I'm proud of you man um, i'm proud of you in instead been burning countless hours in freaking factorio again. <laughs> that, but, that's uh, that's your surrogate thing like just stay away play factorio. yeah stay away play factorio. yeah it's like um you know went off of 
went off of coffee and and took up smoking. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know. That's a bad. One. I've cut I've cut down on on Overwatch. I I've been I was so coked out on it in the last like couple months once they launched Overwatch two. But I'm I'm getting the part where I get frustrated from losing too much, and I'm realizing you know I shouldn't be playing mm-hmm. a game that I get frustrated at that makes me just like you know sure. I want to break something. So yeah, um, I've. I've also done holiday events in um, Heroes of the Storm in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably the most, I think I mentioned last week, I'm working on another uh, Project Christmas Gift. It's a quote for one of my nieces. There's a a thing for Um, holidays, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I watched, so I've been, um, uh, you know, putting on shows... I'm doing the thing you do where I use shows to refer to both. To all the things. Television and film. Um, I watched the whole season 12, 13, I don't know, whatever, of Doctor Who, the 2021 season of Doctor Who, uh, which is, you know. Is is that that a Christmas type thing for you? No, they do Christmas episodes. And I actually watched uh, a Christmas episode from like 2016 with... um, uh, film sack the movie podcast with uh mm-hmm. scott johnson and and friends right. um they did a watch along which is a thing where they'll do a sort of um uh riff tracks esque uh episode where they will set a time and they're like okay we're seeing this and now and now go and then they'll just talk as they're watching the episode which is annoying like i don't think i would do that if it was something i hadn't seen um, but I did it, they watched an episode of, of Next Generation a few months ago, and I did that, and so I, I saved this episode, and, I mean, I'd seen it when it was new. Is, is there a Holiday Next old... Generation episode? I don't think there is, but am I wrong? Uh, maybe something adjacent, right? There's, like, yeah. Picard Day and stuff like that, but sure. I think they shied away from, you know, being future sci-fi, you know, shy away from the mm-hmm. the traditional holidays. True. Um because in the future there will be no holidays except for Picard Day. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um I watched a movie called uh Office Christmas Party. Okay. With, uh Jason Bateman, Jennifer Aniston, um oh, the guy from Silicon Valley who was in Deadpool. Um I know who you're talking about. Er- yeah. Erlich Bachman, what I can't think of his name. Um Yeah. He always plays kind of the same kind of character, but then T.J. Miller. So does T.J. Miller. Um, Jason Bateman is kind of the same. Like he always, he also kind of always plays the same kind of character. Who's who's a little. Uh, he plays Jason like, Bateman. Bateman, right? <laughs> he plays Jason Bateman, right? Like he's a guy who is the the eternal straight man to whatever wackiness is going on around him. Um, you know, it's and, funny. And they, just, they, that's what they just do. Kind they of just, bemused. Like, yeah, they, like they just put him in a spot, He's bemused. right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, I think uh, I didn't watch any of um, Ozark, but uh, Shelley did, so it was occasionally on. Actually, sorry, mm-hmm. take it back. I watched the first episode of Ozark and said, "Like this is I, so this is I, so heavy. I can't watch this." I um, did the same. I watched one episode, and I'm like, "That was almost an hour long. 
now I'm exhausted. I don't think I can watch this show. <laughs> exactly. I was like, woof, that took me on a ride. But I, I watched a couple episodes with Shelly here and there. Not all of them, like kind of in the room where I'm watching this stuff. And I asked, mm-hmm. I, I, I did the, the occasionally annoying thing where I asked, like, <laughs> what's that guy about? And, you know, things like that. Who's that um, guy? What's he want? I what, thought he was that? on what's their What's his side? thing? I don't think you know. Uh, but, what's his name? Yeah, but the, th- the point here is what I'm trying to say is that um, he is um, – it's he's Jason Bateman again. Like he, they put him in this, yeah, cocaine or whatever drug thing. I don't know the whole story, but he's just doing the, right. the same thing. It's like, what if Jason Bateman was put into this situation? And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. you know, and, and that's great. He just, it's like you said, he's your point man, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Christmas party that was out uh, a while ago. I remember I actually think I saw that in the theaters because there was nothing else to watch. It uh, was like 2016, I want to say. Yeah, it it was. I thought it was fun. I don't remember much about it, but I remember enjoying it enough. Olivia Munn was in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Olivia Munn, uh, Jennifer Aniston, um, a couple other people that I recognize from other things. Yeah, the Saturday Night Live lady. A lot of a lot of SNL people. Um, yeah, right. Uh, speaking of, uh, holiday things that we, we do during the holidays, uh, let's talk about our movie, which is a Christmas rom-com thing that we've kind of been doing the last couple of years. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, let's do it. This week we watched a Hollywood Christmas. Um, this was on... I watched this a couple of weeks ago. It was on HBO. Yeah, I think so. Yes, yeah. H- HBO Max. Um, right. So uh, this is brand new, um, ninety minutes long, mm-hmm. and it is incredibly meta. Yes. Can, can, can I can um, I interject with that and correct your sentence? Yeah, go. go I, I'm just go gonna. For it. I just want to correct your sentence you said, and I'm gonna say it is incredible. Period. Just, just, just that. <laughs> just, just full stop. Just incredible. Yeah. So, uh, do we want a spoiler bell for this? I don't. I don't uh, let's see if I got something pre-spoiler bell. Uh, meta is the right word. So, the, in this movie, uh, the, the setup is that um, uh, they're shooting one of these rom-com movies, which is so, and then it um, throughout it, one of the characters points out that the 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 cast and crew and the director and everything are living out kind of a, a real life uh rom com mm-hmm. Christmas thing. Uh so yeah. uh that's this story. It's a it's a rom com Christmas thing in the rom com Christmas thing. And they're very aware that it is doing that and that they're putting on one. So it's got multiple layers of that. Um yeah. Yeah. Without yeah. Without spoilers there. I think that's good enough. But we can go to spoilers now with talk about Sure. Okay. We're going to talk about the plot and story of A Hollywood Christmas. So if you don't want to be spoiled on this very predictable movie, uh, you should skip ahead for our final thoughts. I love how you you say predictable movie as if it's a bad thing. No, I'm not. I'm just (laughs) just stating the obvious. And I realized in the process that I did not uh, do the warning after I hit the bell as I've as I've started to do because it feels more useful there. Like <laughs> the bell gets people's attention and then they should be listening, but right. whatever. Um, yeah. I, so I mentioned frequently our buddy Pete, who we've had on the show once years mm-hmm. ago. Um, 
he is he is you know my my sort of person who if there's something out there and and fox is a little bit this way too although fox is is more intentional about like you know he wants to catch all the stuff that's maybe going to be contention for the academy awards mm-hmm. or something like that um pete or, is or much pete more is likely not. to watch <laughs> he's going to watch stuff on hulu on apple plus he's looking for foreign language stuff like mm-hmm. you know if there's if there's something outside of the mainstream um he's going to know about it except he also goes out of his way to find weird obscure because like there's a whole stable of these made every year right by by lifetime and hallmark and they make reference to that in a hollywood christmas though they don't name the companies by name right they say you know whatever percentage of these are put out by two companies right and we all know the companies they mean they mean hallmark and lifetime um but he doesn't like you know um he's not looking for like the ones that candace cameron makes Sure. Right. The ones that are on actual Lifetime and Hallmark that are sincere, like um, Falling for Christmas, although that was Netflix. Right. Um, just the ones that are very boring by the numbers and sincere, like there's nothing wrong with those if you like those, but they're not going to do anything new. They're not going to take any chances um, and they are for a very specific audience. Well, I I think that's a that's a key component to this to this movie here. Right. Um, yeah. And and. and I mean, I'll say Final Judgments early. Not that I'm in Final Judgments yet, but I absolutely love this movie. I will say out loud that this is probably my favorite rom-com holiday movie of all time. It, it has become. <laughs> Just because I love how open and straightforward they are on all aspects of that meta. Um, sure. And you've talked about it several weeks in a row now about how that's a good gauge on what, that fine line. We've, we've mentioned this every time we talk about this genre. Um, and this one... Uh, just they didn't straddle the line that they, they made it instead of making a thin line they made it a nice board to walk on right because they they were <laughs> they were giving you what this was they were looking at each other when the when the the plucky sidekick character you know uh, set out the plot said what this is and then every time it started to deviate from it she just came along and said hey you're deviating from it right, right. um she yeah. would and she pointed out she was like the thing to point out the whole thing. She's almost like the Pete and Liz probably where like, Oh, this is different. Oh, this is a thing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you got to fix this. This is what you have to do next. And then it happens. And then they get, they, they also get, they do the headlong cheesiness where, you know, characters open up about their past, their, their past childhood problems within two minutes of being asked. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that again, it feels like they have to do that because if they don't do that, they'll realize that they're not following the, this this the plot lines so therefore the their their desired outcome won't happen so they kind of do it uh, which is just right. just so fantastic um i loved also the the multiple storyline levels that you had going on here that the actors had their own thing going on well they were the mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. characters that are always like got their own little side story happening um yeah and their side story was pretty great i uh, i really appreciated that those characters also weren't one note per se. They, you know, a lot of times they can be written like, Oh, they're just that character, not important, whatever. But sure. Uh, like the actress lady was actually a good actress when she was playing the roles that she was supposed to be playing and acting. And then she was ditzy when she wasn't. So she was kind of an actress playing another actress, playing a role, playing a not. So that <laughs> kudos to her. Same thing with the boyfriend guy that, that was, um, 
pretty great. Um, so I loved that. I loved the the plucky sidekick. Um, I love that she just kept. I keep saying love. I admire that they just kept telling, you know, us that this. Remember, this is what you're watching and why we're watching it. And the most important thing for me was how it was reinforcing this idea of what this genre is and why it's important to people and why we need to have it. Um, because yeah. so yeah, many people can say, I don't watch those. It's so dumb. Well, they, they yeah, recognize it's, that. It's very easy. Um, it's very easy to interpret satire as, um, honesty. Oh, I had a word and now it's gone. Um, no, as like, as like derision or mockery. Oh yeah, right? yeah, okay, like, sure, yeah. Or or a, a parody is the same way. Like, what's the difference between parody and satire? Like, it's 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 tricky. Like, um, you know, a movie like uh, um, Robin Hood Men in Tights, yeah. or or Spaceballs is a better example. Like, is Spaceballs mocking Star Wars, or is it paying homage to Star Wars in a funny way? Um, and it's it's a little bit of both, right? Is the real answer, but. Uh, you know, you can um, you can pay homage to a thing and share your love of it while still um, acknowledging and poking fun at its quote unquote flaws, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, this one is. I mean, it's the thing. It's the thing again that I've said for years about a lot of the Netflix. Uh, Christmas movies, holiday rom-coms, that that they are self-aware, that they're tongue-in-cheek, that they're a little bit satirical. Um, where While this one takes all of those things and just turns the dial all the way up, right? right it's, yeah. not, it's not just a self-aware holiday movie. It's a holiday movie about people making a holiday, holiday movie. Um, it... I could not separate this in my mind from the TV series reboot, um, which you recommended a couple weeks ago. And I just binged through in like a week um, because the episodes are short. Um, that, that series has this same kind of bit that it's doing where these are characters making a sitcom, but also the stories that happen in each episode are sitcom style stories, right. right? There's no stage. There's no laugh track except when they're making the sitcom in this sitcom. Um, but like personal conflicts and, and, you know, uh, mostly personal conflicts are usually brought up and then at least partially resolved by the end of the episode. Right. And I'm like, Oh, you're doing, it's written like a sitcom without, the audience without the laughs um and and this was that way too right it's like they're in it they're aware of it they're poking fun at it but it's still things are still happening the same way i laughed out loud toward the end when the guy shows up and the director uh lady is like um oh just what we need a method santa i'm like that's good that's a that's it's it's a little insider but you know anybody who does as much like talking about thinking about movies who's not actually in the industry, but, uh, as we do, you know, knows a lot of those, um, sort of insider terms. I don't know that method yeah. actor is even 
I would even still consider that an insider term. <laughs> right. But um, I, I loved when, when um, things like Santa came on and those points that they that they put out is that you could see the just in the background, the assistant's eyes like light up and her big smile would just come up like she knows mm-hmm. that this is a plot point from the things that happened, you know, right. um, and, right. and her kind of glee made me have glee yeah. <laughs> like oh she, <laughs> she knows what we're, t- we're doing here she knows she knows what's happening and, and it right. and it kind of like made it it was it's you know what it's the it, this whole genre and this plays with chris the cr- idea of christmas magic right the, the grand they put love into it um but you know christmas magic does overcome does magical things that doesn't ever happen and then you know there's there's always some bit of magical to it and that that assistant girl was very aware of that and kind of making it happen. And then by the end, so was everyone else was kind of on board with it, too. Um, mm-hmm. And then you, you end with like at the last, I say, 10, 15 minutes of the movie is um, full on um, corniness, I guess. Right. They, they like they've all embraced what they're in and what's happening right now. And yeah. The, you know, yeah. And it's and it's it's like. Full throttle, pedal to the metal, um, conflict resolution. Yeah, like this right? is what we, because right. they they know how it works, right? They they have right. They've come to understand this is the thing, and it's real, and we're doing this. The the part of that that got me the most was the um, the business partner, or whatever she was, Teresa. Yeah, um, who's who's the fully wife. against the whole thing. His. Is she his wife? His oh, his what? work wife. Yeah, yeah. He married, she, they, you think most of the time that it's wife, but again, is the classic miscommunication part Mi- of these miscommunication. movies. Miscommunication, and it's literally miscommunication. Like his, he's using talk type or his whatever, and his yeah. texts drop words. Right. So, yeah. oh, he meant work wife the whole time, and you're like, oh, simple, easy resolution. That and then how did I how did I know, forget that's part of these she, rom-com she things? She hates the whole thing, and it's just <laughs> it's that it's that ramping up. Like I said, they're like, okay, here's this character, and she's been the the evil other person the whole time, which is you know a, a Christmas movie trope. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, when did you stop? When did you start hating? When did you stop loving Christmas? Whatever that was, and she like confesses about her childhood to the person she's met once right right? it's like so easy (laughs) and like there was this thing and they're like oh we need a singer and then she sings and she loves it and this whole thing is resolved in about 90 seconds of screen time and i'm like oh my gosh it's the there it's the bit within the bit where (laughs) they've now like they've they're they've compressed a whole christmas movie arc into this just one character one interaction it, um, it, it's just yeah, so perfect. Yeah. I mean, that was so perfect with all of it, you know. And, and then the same thing is, and and there at the end, as they start kind of ramping up real fast with these, and again, it happens when they you can tell that they start accepting things. It's kind of like when this since we're in spoilers, they she realizes that she needs to change the thing back to where she to the formula type stuff, and then all of a sudden everything mm-hmm. starts hitting the notes, um, and that's when. The gleefulness of understanding what what what's happening happens because all the things start lining up and Santa comes on the thing like you said the method actor Santa thing and you're like oh there's the thing we were missing that and oh we were missing this and now that we've got the the problem of the formula fixed everything now is finally just falling into place exactly how it needs to happen and, and then and then just just in case just just to put the 
the icing on the cake, whatever, it starts to snow in L.A. in July. Well, that's the magic part of it. And you're they like, look okay, over at Santa. Sure. It's, <laughs> the snow is real and there's the real Santa the whole time. It's just, yeah. Yeah. So very committed to the bit. Yeah. So, so perfect. So that makes that makes me really, really love it. And uh, coming out of spoilers now into to final thoughts, I uh, this is this is a the rare, if not only, rom com movie that I would recommend anyone to watch. I, I really do. I think teenagers can watch it. I think older people can watch it. And you know, if you've ever, well, here's the caveat: is that you've seen one of these before, right? If you've never seen sure. like a holiday romance movie, then maybe not. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that's rare. Uh, otherwise, you know, th- this is great. This is another one to, to to make you feel good about it. And especially you should watch it if if you have bad, you know, taste in your mouth about those things. Sure. Uh, so cool. All right. So what do we got next week? We got this is our last movie before the big holiday. Oh, what? are we doing? We got we got we got one more. Um we do have we do have one more week because we are at the time of recording it's still before christmas this won't come Correct. out until after christmas right. but um i don't know i don't know that i have another one another christmas one ready let me see <laughs> see I, I i jumped on you there with that yeah i was i was thinking we were out of the uh Christmas, Christmassy time. Boy, I would pick something random, but I don't know what we've already seen. We watched Family Man, right, a year or yeah. so ago. I I could make um, a recommendation. We could watch that movie you just watched because I hadn't seen it in a long, in a while. Oh, Office Christmas Party. Sure. Um, if that one's worth talking about. Yeah, it's it's pretty solid. Um. I think you said you saw it when it was pretty new. Yeah. I, I don't, I honestly, I've seen, I was looking at pictures of it. I don't remember anything of the plot line whatsoever. Hmm. Except, um, except that TJ yeah, Miller's yeah. in it playing TJ Miller. Right, right. Um, yeah, we could watch that. And then if I find one more, um, I know Pete's been watching some other ones, so I might look for one of those um, since I already saw Office Christmas Party, and uh, and we'll do that. Cool. Awesome. All right. What do we got here? So, this week, um, well, I don't know. It's, did I, you, a couple things. Did you get a chance to watch that um, a documentary? Uh, that Good Night Oppie? Mm-hmm. I watched the first episode. I, I didn't realize it was a multi-episode thing. Um, and um, the one I watched was all in one uh, one maybe, part. Maybe I looked uh, saw the, the the different one. It's about the uh, spirit and opportunity, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what I, I will say, what I what, what I remember, what I'd seen it is like I it wasn't a lot of new things, I guess, because I had, I had followed the whole spirit and opportunity things. And there's several oh. of these documentaries that are around about these, these missions. Sure. Um, sure. It, it's, it, it was good. I don't mean to knock it on that kind of way that it's good. I, I love these. Matter of fact, it made me after watching this one, I went and watched a couple other Nova documentaries, uh, had, had them on about the planets and such, um, which is right. always fun and fascinating to me. 
Um, but yeah, I, I had, uh, um, I was heavily interested in those missions as they happened. And then the documentaries that happened after them. Um, sure. and, and it's great. It's great to watch, you know, these only way to say it is, uh, geeky nerd people to get excited as excited as they do, you know, uh, because I'm mm-hmm. also genuinely excited. It's a, a shared excitement, you know, sure. um, that I get why they're excited about. The worst part about it is these documentaries. Uh, how do I say this nicely? Nicely, because I I've taken astronomy courses in in school at a college level, and when you actually start taking these classes, I don't want to scare people off. They're not as exciting as the documentaries look. Like those people when they're they're looking when they're like you get excited and stuff, they're seeing numbers pop up on the screen. They're not seeing yeah. like the lander land that we're seeing in the in the documentary CGI footage, in right? The, in the yeah, or even cameras and stuff. They, they they you know it is occasionally that they'll come back and send photos back, but it's usually not until the next day or so that they'll get things processed and brought right, back in. Right. And and they won't have the crowd of people around. But they what you see them get all excited about is that like the one and zero came up to show that it's got connection and that yeah and that's yeah. it. You I know? could. I could see that in the, in the documentary. And I'm like, this is an emotional moment, but I can see, I can see what they're looking at. They're like, here's this graph and this thing fuzzed a little bit. That means we're getting a connection. And I'm like, that's, I get why they're excited, but boy, they're, they're not seeing anything. Yeah. yeah, And and Um, that's, that's how most all these space things really are because I saw one recently on black holes and pulsars and they were talking about, you know, having access to this, satellite up in the highest point in the world and the highest satellite in the world. And, um, you know, they, they're, they got their time on the, on the, to get the data out. And then the, the, the graphic is showing how this is working and what's going to, you know, if it detects something, this is what it's doing, right? Like, well, then the, the, the photons will admit out and then it shoots out and then we'll know for, 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 for not, we'll be able to see that, right? They'll say, we'll be able to see that. And then the graphic shows like a photon burst out of a black hole uh, but what they're looking at is data coming in from streaming data, and they see a little bit of a spike on on a thing, and you're like, and they get real excited, right? And right. that is not exciting as it shows in the documentary. So I think some people get into that and like, man, I really want to get in there and be the first person to see a black hole. No one's ever seen a black hole. No one's ever seen these things, you know. Uh, they're just looking at dots on the screen. And so I, I know that's a, a bash, but I, I mean that in the way that, I I appreciate them. I I love that they get excited about that. That they they have the full gravity and understanding of math and computer right. simulations to understand those. That they can get that excited um, over stuff. So that that was that's nice. And I really really do enjoy watching watching those, especially with the cool graphics that they they do. I've always wondered because I you know I fiddled with or worked a lot on Blender and some three D graphics stuff. Like a lot of this stuff they have to like really be talking to the scientists a whole lot uh, to visualize some of this stuff. Um, sure. And I, so I have a lot of real respect for these space documentary CGI artists. Um, a lot of it was, I mean, early on it's very dramatic, right? Mm-hmm. You get all this, all this emotion and you're like, here's this thing and here's, here's Abby. she was supposed to be up here for 90 souls and you know they don't they don't give you the number but you find out eventually that you know that she was up there the the lander was operational for what like 16 years something like that it's a lot, um yeah. 
just so far, far beyond. And you're like, wow, that's that's inspiring. And you get why the people who worked on these projects, um, you know, sort of anthropomorphized these machines. Mm -hmm. And then then it gets into more of the details and you're like, okay, yeah, this went on for a long time. It wasn't like a NASA moon landing where the whole process happened a couple days. And so everybody was involved. All the same people were involved through the whole process. You're like, this went on for years. So obviously people took other jobs, went to other apartment, other departments, they hired new people. And it was this like cycle of people involved in this, in this project. Um, and some of the things that stood out to me about it, because I didn't, I didn't really follow any of the, the news of the stuff as it was going. I was mm -hmm. not, I was not anti NASA or space. We've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just, you know, it was not a huge fascination for me. Um, and so the idea of this, like this distance, right? Like they work on this, on this Rover and then send it into space, like send it. It's going to go to Mars. It's not coming back. It's never coming back. They're never going to see it again. And all of their interaction is like, well, we're going to try this thing. And the for for this mission, for this project, the the end of life, the quote unquote death of these robots is just their battery dying. Yeah. Right. Like if the battery dies, it's done forever. Like you can't. You, or you can't get it to reboot you can't charge and, it right yeah that's it that's it right and they get it stuck and they're like you know we're gonna send a hard reboot and i'm like well i know what that means in a computer but this is not i mean it is a computer but not just a computer it's a computer on another planet yeah like that's it like you're gonna send a thing and that's your that's your only option there's no like there's no way for a person to go fix it to go hit the reset button yeah aren't, aren't you, you aren't you amazed or, that they can make a a battery on a for a robot that'll last for like almost 20 years on another planet but i can't get my iphone battery to last more than two years <laughs> well i think uh i think the the spirit and opportunity were a little heavier than your phone sure sure i guess um but no it, with, with th th those are great i i think i was uh not only my enjoy that stuff i was working at the time at the indiana geological survey and they uh, some of the geologists there were involved with some of the, the, the rock analysis and such. And um, so mm -hmm. we saw, we had a whole like wing of our, of our school building that had um, photos, like a panoramic photos oh, across the entire walls sure. and stuff like that. And you could read about it on the walls and, and some of the research. That, so I had a little bit of that part of the, that. that part of the documentary did get me when they started, like the people get emotional when they receive contact, but then when they start getting photos, yeah. Um. They're like, you can see like in some of the interviews with the people like, um, you know, having an emotional reaction. And I'm like, yeah, that I totally get that. Cause like, yes, I'm looking at the photos and I'm like, okay, those are rocks and craters, but they're rocks and craters on Mars. Yeah. Like, yeah. They yeah. got photos and yeah, we had orbiters and stuff taking satellite photos before that, but you're like, now it's down on the ground taking pictures sending back pictures from mars and you're like that is incredible yeah they they had um, a in in the survey the geological survey they had uh like i said a panoramic picture it was about 
two to three feet tall on the wall, right? And it mm-hmm. and it stretched about thirty feet, you know, and, uh, way far out. So and it was the, of the landscape of that, and it was in color. And I remember right. on my lunches several days just kind of sitting there and staring at it. Mm-hmm. And it sounds really super nerdy, but to just do what you were just saying. That's a rock on Mars. That is the sky and Mars. You know, right. that's what it looks like to look up its space from another planet. And I just, I would sit there for 20 minutes and just kind of be <laughs> awed at, at that. So, and that's me. I can't imagine people, that's their life and career and hopes and right. and dreams. Uh, I, I did enjoy in that scene that you just mentioned that there was a, they took in some high schoolers or something for like internships, things. And they, and the girl mm-hmm. was like, they got excited about seeing bedrock. I didn't know what that meant or what it even bedrock meant, but I was excited because they were excited. <laughs> like, right. I, I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate That's that funny. a whole lot. Uh, so that, did, that was cool though. Did I, um, did I talk already about, uh, going to, um, Huntsville? No, you did not. I saw pictures and didn't even know you were going there. Did you did you yeah. go to uh, space camp? Is that what you did? <laughs> space camp is there, but I don't know if it's active right now. I think it is. Um, I saw just a couple of years ago that they were still doing space camp stuff. I mean, yeah, I don't know I after twenty twenty, you know, after pandemic stuff. But right, right, yeah. I don't know any of the any information about that. I just knew that um, where I am at camp here, I'm a little over an hour from Huntsville, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And I knew I knew that there was another NASA museum place there at the um, uh, what's the guy's name um, Johnson Center or uh, Johnson is in in Texas in Texas in Houston um, uh, this has another guy's name on it and I'm not going to remember it's you know whoever was the general. Or whatever, because it was. I, a... I think you intentionally do it to make me jealous every single time you post. Like, <laughs> remember last year when you posted like Houston, and then like like two weeks later you're posting NASA and, and Kennedy, and I'm like, what is happening in, here? This is this is in, this is not fair. I want it so bad. It's, and now now you're doing a, Alabama Huntsville. I'm like, what? It's a funny sort of thing because I I didn't plan on doing any of this stuff, and I didn't even really plan on the first trip down to Houston. Um, but I was nearby and the weather was poor and I was like, well, this is probably the, clo- the ironically, I'll probably be close to Houston again this winter. But, um, I was like, this might be the closest I'll get to, to going. So I might as well go. Yeah. And then, uh, my brother works, uh, at Kennedy in Florida. And I was like, well, I got to see this one too. And now while I'm so close to, to Huntsville, I got to see- So I've seen all three, although there's debate over who has which parts, of which one, but there were three Saturn V rockets left when we stopped oh, the yeah. uh, the Apollo program. Right. I think part of the Apollo, what? I forget the exact numbering. It's like 17 maybe. Um, they turned into Skylab, which was our first sort mm-hmm. of space station. Um but the other three were in different pieces, and one's in Houston, one's in um, Cocoa in Florida, and I don't think it's actually Cocoa, but no, it's um, Cape Canaveral. Uh, Cape Canaveral, and uh, the other is in Huntsville, and in Huntsville they also have a replica 
that's outside standing upright. So that's, I saw that. That's the picture it. I saw that you had out there. See it from far away. And they have one of the, I think it's Gemini rockets too, although that one might also be a reproduction. My, my response immediately, my knee-jerk instant reaction was, wait, what? When I saw your, your picture thing. <laughs> my first thought was that you went to Texas or Florida and you hadn't mentioned that you were going to do that. And I was like, mm. and then he went back and I was like, no, wait, he's in Alabama. I'm like, oh, son of a, at least you didn't say the thing that I would, that would have like made me fire mad at you was the, you know, the, the phrase, um, how do I, how do they put it? Uh, I don't really care about that stuff, but I went and saw it anyway. Like, <laughs> oh, that means <laughs> those are the it's kind of things that burn bit, me. It's a little bit of both, right? It's a, it's a thing we were talking about off the air. Um, that's a, that's a sort of nerd thing called completionism, mm-hmm. um, or, or what I like to call Pokemoning. Which is, you know, <laughs> you got to catch them all is the Pokemon right. catchphrase. Um, because, yeah, I was like, well, there are three of these rockets. I should see all of them. And I will admit that neither of the second, the, the second or third um, Saturn V rockets that I saw uh, generated the same emotional response that i had seeing the first one in yeah Houston. of course right yeah um which is funny because in huntsville and in cape canaveral they're they're very on display it's a big hall with a lot of stuff inside other exhibits um um huntsville has a uh a behind glass exhibit of um Werner von brahm's office right mm-hmm. with his models and and stuff in there and of course, uh, Kennedy has, you can go outside and there are bleachers where if there's a launch happening, you can see across the water to the launch pads um, out there. Nice. And the and in both cases, the rocket is suspended above your head, right? So you can see it up there. Um, where in Houston, it's really just in a big steel building. And there's there are exhibits around it, but it's all very like, like it feels like a like a if you've ever been to a cheap um museum mm-hmm. or or like uh I went to there's a battleship and I can't believe I've forgotten which but I think it's the USS Alabama like both Mississippi and Alabama have a tiny little piece of their state that touches the gulf in between Louisiana and um Florida okay yeah and and at one of those little harbor, I'm gesturing like you could see me. <laughs> um, they have the the battleship, and there are some of these like there's USS North Carolina is in North Carolina. Um, the you know those ships that were named after states that survived that didn't you know go down in Pearl Harbor or something um, were brought back to those states and turned into museums. Um, but next to the USS Alabama is a, just a big steel building where there's a bunch of random like jeeps and helicopters and stuff. And it's cool, but it's very like, here's all this stuff. And we put placards, you know, <laughs> we put information placards in front of stuff. It's not very like, um, thought out from like a, like a UX, like a user experience standpoint. Well, well that um, is, that is how NASA was for, 
a lot of it stuff because obviously right. they didn't expect it to be that way. Uh, I right. think we, we talked about this we, when you went we down talk, there before. We, we like, talked about yeah. it after I went to Kennedy because Kennedy, I was yeah. contrasting the two. But the funny thing about that to me is that the what from a sort of like marketing experience, even like one of the people working at Kennedy, when I said I had been to Houston, he was like, he was like, oh, did you see the thing and how how much cooler our display of the saturn 5 is and i i didn't want to i didn't want to like contradict him to say like i actually liked the houston experience better (laughs) um and i don't know if that was the experience itself the sort of like here it is like there's very little in this room to distract you from this enormous rocket laying on its side in pieces in segments, you know, for you to, yeah. to look at and you can actually touch it in places um, up on, a, you know, go up a, a, a stairs. Um, I found the name of that that, uh, that uh, place in Alabama, by the way. It's called the Molly Cobb Space Center. Yeah, I don't think that's <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought I thought you were going to give me some real information. Um, Remember then they make the Molly Cobb at the end of season three? Yeah, it's okay. Redstone Arsenal is the place, but they've since named it after a guy who was in charge at the time. Again, whose <laughs> who's, who's name I'm, I'm not going to remember. Um, uh, you're lucky because I was going to ask. You said the Werner von Braun place. I was going to ask if they also had Ed Baldwin's office. Um, right right i kept looking i kept looking for his name on the on the <laughs> missions for apollo 12 and right, where, um, he wasn't there wasn't was, why wasn't he there yeah why, why wasn't he there um <laughs> and what was i saying oh yeah i had a funny conversation with my brother-in-law because they live in tennessee they're like two hours from huntsville and he had been down there so he was like yeah space camp is there and and you do this and this, and they have some 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 stuff outside, and there's stealth jet and stuff. Unfortunately, it was raining. It wasn't raining much while I was there, but while I was in the gift shop, it started raining, and I realized I hadn't really seen the stealth jet. But by then, it was raining, so I just took a picture of it and then left. Mm, yeah. Um, but of course, I've seen the movie Space Camp from the eighties. Oh, yeah. I want to say, um, Joaquin and it's Phoenix. a funny. It's, it would be funny to watch now probably seeing all these places um, because I see, you know, I see in movies where they're at um, uh, Johnson Space Center in Houston. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I recognize that. It's a, it used to be a college and the government bought it and turned it into this place. And there's that building where they have a flag flying whenever there's a American in space. Um, but uh, my brother-in-law said if you watch space camp you can the movie space camp you can recognize some of these places but they sort of they sort of fudge it a little bit because if you remember that movie uh spoilers for the movie space camp um (laughs) they launch one of the shuttles into space and there are no launch pads in houston Houston, i mean in uh, in uh well in houston either or huntsville like those are in florida Um, right and so that's funny. Although after watching, um, you mean when Jinx sends Max to space? W- yeah, Max. Max. What does he say? Jinx send Max to space. He send Max to space. Yeah. Very Johnny Five. Yeah, um, very Johnny Five. That movie does not I, hold up very well. By the way, I watched that. Pro- <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Um, I don't Johnny know. Johnny Five, if, not Space it, Camp. Space Camp's fine. 
<laughs> as I go, uh, oh yeah, Johnny, Fine. it's a little uh, uh, short circuit. Is that short circuit? Right, yeah. um, there's a lot of uh, 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 um, insensitive stereotypes. Oh yeah, for um, sure. Oh, for, big time. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if if maybe later this spring or whatever, as I get close to California, I might make a little road trip out to um, uh, where is it? Pasadena, where. Uh, where JPL is the jet propulsion oh, yeah. laboratory. I was going to say, you should go out um, to uh white sands too. That's where they have, they white test sands, all their, yeah. all their stuff. It's the uh, area 50 area 51 area. Right. Right. Yeah. You, you should try that out. See how far you get. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, I dig that stuff. I've only been to Kennedy and I like, you know, I'd, l- I'd love to go to Houston, but it's just, um, that's the only thing I'd want to go to Houston for. <laughs> okay. Can't think of anything else. Right. Yeah, there's no Disneyland there to uh no. To uh, sp- speaking of the space and you were mentioning that the um space what do you call it space capsule or something that they had up there. I, I was playing this weird tangent, but it kind of follows. Um I started playing Horizon Forbidden West. I know it's been out for like right. over a year. Mm-hmm. Um sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn from PlayStation 4, and this is a PlayStation 5 video game. Right. Um exclusive to Sony platforms, I think. Um I really enjoyed the first one. Uh, I believe it's one of my few platinums that I have, um, mm-hmm. meaning I did all the extra stuff in it, um, and just really enjoyed the story, the character, the world, the the gameplay. Uh, so I I had bought this one for Black Friday, and um, right. the the way it it matches here with the, what we were just talked about with space was that it um, it takes place in the far far few, a thousand years from today, or from even like a yeah, hundred years from now, post post almost post post-apocalyptic yeah oh yeah post yeah it's post humanity because they reboot the planet or something um and and that's kind of the whole big story with it to, to follow through and i won't spoil that thing but but it deals with like you're seeing holograms of the past their past and right. you know you're, you're seeing so it's kind of like seeing it's a sci-fi uh primitive you know story i guess which is so interesting mm-hmm. to me and they 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 talk about you know going um uh going to another planet and finding space travel and things like that and um and and it's almost like time traveling because then she she will comment oh they didn't do that because that failed or this this you you read a thing about and you pick up an you know a note from the corner of the desk and it talks about this guy wanting to be on the board and then she'll say something like oh he he never made it. He died before then. You're like, oh man, it's like a time travel movie all in one with space and and you know um, that kind of a drama with a video game. Uh, but the, the story ties into the space thing. But the the game so far, I've not played a ton of it. I've just played an introductory, maybe two hours of it, and man, it just feels so good. It it feels like the first one, but just as smooth and and comfortable. Meaning that the gameplay is. Like you feel accomplished when you do a thing and it doesn't mm. feel too difficult or too easy. Um, right. And, and they, they, the UI, I guess, is one of the best things about it. It's just that it's everything that you do and the way that you do it with the controller feels natural, right? So to craft, you just hold L1, it pulls up the, the wheel that you want to. And then when you move your analog stick around the wheel, it, it, it moves properly. You know, it doesn't like jerk around yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, lands on where you need it to land. Uh, it's, it's those little touches that I think that makes a game fantastic. Um, so I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm ready to hop on it. It also didn't hurt that I've started playing Elden Ring uh, a week before mm. that. 
And, you know, I saw, I see all the videos and pictures of everybody playing it. It looks so gorgeous. And I, I kind of want to yeah, play I it. Heard, I heard a lot about that when it was out, but. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, it's not. It, it's a Dark Souls game. And for those who don't know what Dark Souls game are, it means that it's a line, series of, of um, video games that are extremely hard. It's like yeah. if you ever play a video game and it has settings, easy, medium, hard, nightmare mode. It just starts with nightmare. There's no other mode but nightmare. They are that way. I never really looked into it. Yeah, yeah, no, for for real. And, and I I can appreciate it because I played through, you know, on one or I think it's Dark Souls three. I played, I played through like the second boss, and then I was like, that's that's enough for me. Like I, I felt the accomplishment that I know people that dopamine hit if I did it. Um, right. But I also have the it's not. I don't never feel it's worth the time. And that's kind of where I was getting with this. Um, Elden Ring game. It's totally beautiful. Amazing. Every creature person is so cool. And you really feel like this is amazing world, right? That's like, this is so intense, like Mm -hmm. beautiful, you know, and, and I want to be part and my character is part of this world, but then you just get smashed against a wall by this massive thing that walks across (laughs) and you're like, where am I supposed to go? Clearly, you know, and usually that's a flag that you're gone the wrong way. And and this is a thing that you're going to come back to later, but it's the only way to go, you know? Um, so, so you spend, and our buddy Justin was talking to me about it too, and he said the same thing, is that when you spend so much time and you finally get past like the first boss or something, you realize how much time you've put into this one thing, and it's going to spend 100 to 200 hours to get through the game. You're like, right. okay, it could be beautiful and probably awesome, but I just have so much other things to do in games that I want to yeah. do to spend one game on everything. And to, to like when I, when I beat this mini boss that I beat, it was an all night project. I spent right. two hours to get through this one guy, two to four hours. And I finally got through him after multiple deaths and multiple things. And thankfully it loads pretty quickly and it makes it, you can learn from your, you can tell that you're learning from patterns and stuff. Um, but you, it's just like, okay, I got through that. And now you come to the next one and you're like, Oh, okay. I, that was one night. And I it just, yeah. You know, it's, I don't understand the, yeah, the and, popularity of it. It's a, it's a niche thing that some people like, and that's fine. But I yeah, wish there was I mean, a way to turn it down. The, the the thing that you're describing is the whole point, right? It's like it is there, um, you know, people who are, you know, not not that they not that fans of those games don't play other games, um, but people who don't want who don't want their games to be too easy, right? Who want that challenge of like fail and fail and fail and fail and fail and then finally succeed and and the succeeding is all the more sweet because of having gone through yeah. all of the failure and i'm 100 percent with you like i don't have the patience or the the failure tolerance to to put up with with something like that i much prefer a softer like like even a roguelite like hades mm-hmm. or um mm-hmm. um uh, dead cells where Yes, you're going to go until you fail, but it will still be fun throughout that process. And you yeah. also, your character will also get more powerful in in tandem with you getting better at the game. Yes, um, right, right. But these Souls likes are are really that, from what I understand, are that the only progress, the only advancement is you getting better at the game, um, like old arcade games. Yeah. Um, and it's just not it's just well, not for me like i completely understand the appeal for for people who like them you know they want mm-hmm. that challenge and they 
and they appreciate that process. Um, I just can't, can't do it. Well, here, here's the thing. And I, and I had this same, I made up my mind on this, this topic when I was playing world of Warcraft was that, you know, I played through, uh, it's well known. They played through burning crusade as a top rating guild. And I was, I put that time in, you know, of my life. We all know how that works. Um, mm-hmm. and when I came out of it, um, wanting to play the next one and I did okay with, and then I, I lessened up on stuff as they went through, um, to the point where I got through and I, and, um, I, I think, I don't think, I think I might've seen all of cataclysm, but I can't remember. Um, my thought was with that game was that it's, uh, I was so sad or disappointed that a lot of people didn't get to see everything in burning crusade. They didn't get to see Illidan fight. They didn't get to fight the things. They didn't get to fight um, Arthas, you know, in, in these things. Um, sure. And, and I'm like, it's so much really cool, neat lore and content. Or the, there's the one where they go back in time and stuff. And it's just the neatest things. Mm-hmm. And it's content completely locked off from the majority of people. Only a few people get to see this content. And there was, there's been many, many articles and things written about this. And this thing is, you know, locking off content for, you know, 5% of people and putting so much time and effort into it. Blizzard eventually started addressing those situations post cat or post probably Lich King where they were, you know, trying to make it easier to see the content, but then having mythic tiers and such like that. That same thing. Uh, yeah, that's that's what really gets me with something like Elden Ring is that mm. it's such a beautiful game with this neat lore and some just love and wonderfulness put into it and hardly anyone is going to be able to see it. And sure. And, and what that comes at the expense of is the ego of the people who think, well, I did because I'm good. Like that's just an ego statement there. Like there, there's, there's no reason that I see you better in a better light because you beat a souls game, right? It, that's good for you. I beat these other games. It's not that big a deal. I, what I would love to see is these wonderful, beautiful games have multiple settings. I don't really care that people beat Spider-Man Miles Morales on very easy where there was no chance to succeed. They got to see the story and they loved it and they played it and enjoyed it, right? I played it on a little bit harder mode. That doesn't make it any different. I just found the challenge a little bit to what I wanted to be, to be, you know? So this, these Souls games are forcing you, locking out content, forcing you to play the game a very, very small subset of way people want. And that's, you know what? It's their game. They can do whatever they want, but it's just, it's, it's unfortunate. And as we say, a lot of times loss of potential, you know, for, for a game that could be rabid in the lexicon forever. Um, so yeah, I, I may go back to it just because it's pretty, but I can't see myself going back to it anytime soon. Right now I'm playing horizon forbidden West and enjoying that one. Uh, very good. Sure. There was a, I talked about playing vampire survivors. Um, I won't talk about that game, but there was an expansion this week. They're like a dollar fifty for the expansion. Added more weapons, characters to the to, to the roguelite type game. Um, very fun, still fun, still crazy. If you've ever played Vampire Survivors, it's just more and more of of the same. Um, so that for for a game that costs like seven dollars for everything, you know, go go buy it. It's just silly. <laughs> it'll <laughs> it'll eat up eat up your time uh, uh, pretty easily. Um, I did play, try to play Dark Tide some more, and I know we talked about because they talked about. It I think I'm gonna let Dark Tide sit for a while until they can come out with cross compatibility, and I can play with our friends. Because mm. 
That game takes 30 minutes per run, at least sure. a minimum of 30 minutes because it's a timed run thing. And then it's like takes, I don't know, four runs to get a level. So it's like, and there's 30 levels for each character, 32 before you unlock all of their abilities. And it's just oh, like, man, sure. every time I play one and it's 30 minutes is gone, I'm like, all right, I'm, I don't want, and it's grind. It's like five maps. So you're, you're just doing the mm-hmm. same maps. Yeah. Uh, again and again and again and again. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I may take a break from that. I, I am going to take a break from that until we can play with our friends. Um, which, you know, it's just more fun when you do a grind when you're doing it with friends. Um, sure. You just chat about stuff like that. Anyway, uh, what else do we got here? Oh, hey, I know one. Uh, you watched Reboot, and I finally caught up with you on that one. Nice. The, the TV show. Uh I report back uh, that you were correct. It is better. You, I think your words were, it's better than it should be. And uh, all the characters are pretty great. And pretty quickly, um, I don't want to say that, it's not falling in love with them, but you really like them or they have their mm-hmm. own little things. Uh, it's short, like you said, quick. Yeah. And there's only yeah. so many episodes. There's what, like five or eight maybe at most. Yeah. Uh, so I, I ran through it, loved them all, was... Wishing there was more, uh, but when fine that it wasn't. Uh, so yeah, reboot, re- reboot, pre- pretty good show. I hi- hi- would highly recommend for anyone to watch. Yeah, I I talked about this a little bit in the spoiler section for um, a Hollywood Christmas, but it's very, it's it's self aware in a maybe more subtle way than that film, um, where. You know, the premise of the series is um, uh, rebooting an old sitcom, but with Mm -hmm. a more uh, a more real, supposedly more real uh, theme and and writing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it does a decent amount of meta things where they're doing this. This is a thing that maybe only I would notice uh, among our group of friends, but the trailers that the oh, actors okay. use in that sitcom are the same, um, the same brand of trailers that they ha- not even brand, but like, <laughs> like third party. Somebody buys these trailers, puts their logos on them, and then puts them in the lot. Which makes me think, even though they're different production companies, the the that movie and this series were probably filmed near the, <laughs> the same, same place. Set. That's funny. Um, maybe even same sets. Uh, the set, the house set on on reboot that they use for the show looks very similar to the house set from the Tim Allen uh, Last Man Standing sitcom, which was mm-hmm. amusing to me. Um, but the writing for the episodes in that show um, kind of follows a a sitcom sort of sort of parameters or constraint yeah i won't very say much it's like quite the, the, the christmas a, Hollywood quite christmas a, thing, yeah. a formula but it very much like issues are brought up in an episode and then resolved in that same episode um most of and them, yeah, right. and by the next episode these characters that were rivals are now friends or whatever yeah. and you're like okay all right that's what we're doing here we're doing but but the, it does sort of have self-aware. like some themes that go across very similar like, like say next generation does right where right you know a ca- so, characters sort of grow slow. and they and they acknowledge that from the very first episode or the second episode i guess um because of the first episode 
you get a reveal. And then in the second episode, you get this sort of reconciliation, but like a, yeah, well, this is this, but, you know, people don't change that much, not in one episode. And you're like, that's, he's talking in meta, but it's also true about the, it's what, where, (laughs) where does the, how far does the rabbit hole go here with this? Yeah, which um, make, makes me appreciate it even more. Like yeah, that, I enjoyed that, it as, a lot. The same way that I liked the Hollywood Christmas, same reasons is, is those mm-hmm. things. And and uh, I enjoy the like sitcoms have, the, or the good ones, I would say, in my own opinion. Um, they have the real moments, right? Um, right. I, I, right. My first one I remember back is watching Family Ties. And then, um, you know, there's an episode where Michael P. Keaton played by – uh, Michael Fox, Michael J. Fox was um, mm-hmm. one of his friends dies or something. And it's a whole episode about him coming to terms with that. And it's done in a different shot in a different way. And it's kind of very serious and, and dour, but then he does, there's a few jokes and puns and put in there to remind you that it's a sitcom. Uh, and that's just an episode that stands apart from like the other ones. Cause you know, this is a serious one and th- this has that too. It's like where, Oh, there's a, there's a part with alcoholism in there. Right. And, right. Right. and, that, and it kind of takes a, a heavy moment but not too much. It just does the right amount, right? Um, yeah. And then, and then can also poke fun at some stuff too. And it's all very, they all feel very honest. I think all of the characters feel very honest, which is they can be cartoony and then all of a sudden be kind of, what's the word we don't like to use? Real, hmm. you know, um, the, every one of them. Um, yeah. And, and I think, I think at every, every turn I want to not like the show in the first five, 10 minutes of an episode. And then, <laughs> then 15 minutes later, I really like what they're doing or they, right. They spin it on you. Or I think it's, it's almost intentional by the writers to put something in there to like trigger you and then, you know, turn, turn it around. Um, like, yeah, oh, they're, yeah. I mean, they're that's doing this that, bit. Oh, oh wait, no, that, you know, that's that sort of meta thing that I was describing. Yeah. So I, I really, yeah, I liked it. I, uh, I hope they get more seasons. Um, it's definitely mm-hmm. worth it. The, the good writers. And I liked, uh, I'm not a real big fan of Ke- uh, Keegan, Michael key and a lot of stuff, except his like key and peel skits. Sure. Um, and he was, he was okay. And what's the musical one we watched? Um, remember he Brigadoon. was in Brigadoon. Yeah. He, I liked Brigadoon enough, but he was just okay. But I liked him in this one. I, I liked, he was, he's good in this one. Um, and I love the actress that, that plays Charlene from Archer. She's the, the, the main girl uh, no. in this one. Uh, so Greer, uh, Judy Greer, Judy Greer. Yeah. She yeah. is, I, I love her voice and the way she talks is just, um, <laughs> you know, I just can't think of Charlene or, or, you know, whatever they might call her on, on Archer. Um, Cheryl Carroll, Cheryl Carroll, Charlene. And, um, that's when she was a country star, Charlene. Yeah. I love that. Charlene is your reference from that one. <laughs> season that one season yeah I, it's because i'm rewatching that season is just finishing uh, um so anyway i i love her i've seen some of her doing her voice work when she's doing that character and then i see her now acting in this one and i'm like oh man i just can't get that it's this, almost the same character person that flibberty gibbet type. not the same at all but you know right, has those right. those tendencies because of that which i i love so yeah Re- reboot yeah. thumbs up uh for sure another thumbs up i give to is anola holmes too Hmm. Um, if you like the first one, you'll like this one. Um, sure. It's got a little bit more Henry Cavill in it uh, than the other one did. He plays Sherlock. Um, okay, right. More, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
he's he's more of a a main character in this one. He's kind of a co-star, which which was nice. Um because he's good anyway. He's a good actor and he's a good play part in that thing and she's still the lead for sure. Um but he's in it more. Um and it has one thing that I find really interesting that I was going to mention to you is that it's based on loosely based on real events that happened or a real event that happened. Okay. And and I didn't know that. Um cuz there's it one of the plot lines is that she uncovers a um something nefarious at a matchstick making plant with phosphorus. Uh, that's not a spoiler because it kind of shows it pretty quickly. That's what she's mm-hmm. kind of going after. And that's a real thing that really happened in, in, in some of the characters that are in this uh, Manola Holmes are real people, like in the real world. Um, okay. And I didn't know that either. Yeah. So when it, when it actually ends and like she solves a thing or the thing kind of resolves, there's another like 10 minutes of the show. Hmm. And, and I was like, I don't, I don't like this at all. Why are they even telling these, like they're giving closure to these other, they're giving extra stories to these characters. that are just kind of side characters. I don't understand. And then at the end, the very end of the, the series or the show, sorry, it's not a series of the show. It, has like a text thing that comes up and tells like what, you know, this person was a real person and this happened then. And I was like, Oh, Mm. they had to tell us at the end, like the historical part of what followed up with that. Right. Um, To to finish. But it felt really out of place for the movie because she'd already (laughs) done her thing and for 10 minutes. So I was like, Oh, okay. I was really going to give it a thumbs down. It was going to kind of ruin the whole movie until I saw that. I'm like, okay, that's They, They should have done it better, but yeah. Um, and she's still good. Uh, uh, Millie Bobby Brown's still a great actress. Mm-hmm. If you've seen her in her wonderful highlights of movies like uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, then you may be um, <laughs> disappointed that she's not so terrible like she is in that one. She's pretty good. Um, but yeah, if you enjoyed the first first Enola Holmes, you can watch Enola Holmes. Um, I have another uh, sort of plug recommendation for plug is the wrong word. I have another recommendation for. Um, the Apple series Acapulco. Acapulco. Yeah, I, I've seen that. I've, they, you know, that's one and that and RRR. Those are the two things that are like on top of my, mm-hmm. why am I watching these things? Yeah. RRR is good. It is also long. So mm-hmm. you want to prepare for that. And it is. Okay. Um, you know what? Uh, foreign, I've watched a language. long movie recently. So I think I can kind of deal with it. <laughs> um, and so you have to pay attention. You have to read subtitles. But um Acapulco, it has a little bit of subtitles, too, because they are in Mexico in the 80s, and so characters sometimes speak Spanish. <laughs> I almost said Mexican. It's late. <laughs> oh, um, that's not good. <laughs> that's, not what you, that's not what it's called. Um, <laughs> it's a sort of, it, they just finished their second season, and the whole story is like an adult man bat you know seemingly bachelor very wealthy man is telling his life story to his nephew um hugo hugo and so it does these flashbacks and the flashbacks are very colorful everything's you know the whole the hotel that they're working at in in mexico is very pink it's very vibrant pink everybody's wearing really bright colors um Mm -hmm. and they're playing 80s music there's a duo uh out in the pool area singing 80s pop songs in spanish which is i love it every time um (laughs) and it has a sort of 
what I call a how I met your mother vibe where we know the present right and this is how flashback stories work but in the second season they do more cutting to the present um and sort of you know the nephew interrupting him and he's got this bodyguard who's kind of you know getting more lines in season two more kind of wry bemused sort of stuff because he's working for this main character but is also you know aware of his his you know whatever his his uh um like tropes i guess mm-hmm. um and so you're sort of like as it goes on you just like the nephew character and the bodyguard are like okay this is leading up toward this but are you going to get to you know what happens in the in the thing is it this girl is it this thing and you still have to like get through the story um because of the way the character is telling it and it's it's just very entertaining um, <laughs> yeah i i saw the I some, some of the stills from it it's got that that vibrant pinks and blues and, mm-hmm. and stuff that they they have from there um i like the the main actor guy or i don't know if he's the main actor but that's the the older guy he's he's pretty great and other things I've seen. yeah he he was in coda um, Coda, yeah, right. As just the, re- recently rewatched as, as the music instructor, and actually, yeah. um, the guy, the romantic lead in uh, Falling for Christmas with Lindsay Lohan, is yeah. the sort of he's sort of the other guy character, at least in season one. Yeah. Um, he is playing the owner's. Uh, the owner is a is a former actress. Um, you know slightly older woman and that actor cord something is playing her son right and his his name is chad it seems like there needs to be a a chart and his uh (laughs) his well that's the character i'm just like sort of giving context like he he is a trust fund kid basically named chad who literally always has his collar popped sure right and it's and it's the 80s and the character is much much better much more well executed than the character in falling for christmas because acapulco has good writing yeah you that's what i think you said that when we were talking about falling for christmas you were like it's amazing seeing him because i i said he was pretty terrible when watching that and then you were like it's amazing i've seen him with good writing and he was you know it's a whole different ball game there so i had to watch that one uh well i think we've got we hit a lot of stuff today we're we're going pretty pretty far. I I, I watched Avatar two, but I'm gonna mm. hold off on talking about that one probably until after the holidays, um, and collect my if thoughts you're, on it a little bit more. If you are looking, I'm slowly working my way through an anime that everybody raved about when it was airing, uh, called Chainsaw Man. Okay. Um, it's not it's not for kids. Um, it's very uh, bloody and violent but in i mean it's anime, called chainsaw man right <laughs> it's called chainsaw man there are you know demons and monsters in the japanese anime style um how dare you dennis watch a show with demons <laughs> with with demons right right not they're not biblical demons they're they're <laughs> eastern demons um and it seems like something you would like though probably 
don't watch it with Lola. <laughs> Lola around watch, watching it. Yeah. Um, or I, I, I'm, I'm I've sure. had that a couple of times. We'll come in and I'm watching, you know, uh, an anime or a, a, a TikTok and, the, and they'll be like cursing at the storm or something. And she's like, hey, what, what you watching? And I'm like, nothing. Always walk in. Racy or anything, but you know. Like the whole the whole series or the whole movie, whatever, has been perfectly normal and fine. And then they walk in right at the moment where there's... Right. random nudity or, or a sex scene yeah yeah and you're like ah, ah, ah. i think it was a reboot or something i was also um watching that or something and then, you know she's come in and she's just interested in what i was doing and you know kind sure. of want to be part of the conversation or whatever and then, then they're talking about i don't know some kind of oh i know what it was the mom um the kid's mom in reboot and johnny knoxville having a relationship with her right and and she explain she is explaining to Johnny Knoxville how she feels about the situation the mom is, and mm-hmm. that's right when Lola walks in and she's like, so what's what you watching you know, mm. this, you know what's going on what's that character and I'm like I I can't talk right. about you know I wouldn't call this a, a racy show but can't right. explain that to, to them so yeah yeah so, yeah that's fine. if it was Sid she'd be like just roll her eyes and and walk away, walk away. Yeah. right yeah so Christmas is coming up we've got. Uh, only a couple weeks left. Have you got all your shopping done? For, for, how's that work? Because you're not going like up with all the family yet. And don't you guys go until next month or something? Um, we're doing it late, though. I will be at my sister's place as of Christmas Day at the very latest. But then we'll still be waiting for the rest of the the crew to arrive. So, so um, you don't have to have all your shopping done yet. You can just... I, I don't, but I do... I do have it all done. I just bought stuff on Amazon and had it shipped to my sister's place, which is what a bunch of my siblings did because they're going to be flying or whatever. Oh, that's smart. That's smart. And then she just has a bunch of boxes she has to to sort out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They have a a pretty good size house with a big garage. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to have a mountain of boxes before that. My brother-in-law's like, yeah, it's fine. Happy to do it. I, I, this, this, this year I'm having the same issue, but kind of, kind of struggle that I have with the last couple of years is that, um, my kids have um, like, like, like a lot, there's not anything really big that they like. Like they they don't sure. Or I can't buy Sydney clothes because you can't buy a teenager clothes. They have to buy clothes, mm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they're not into bikes like you might buy a kid for holidays or whatever. They want like little things like um, shoelaces or um, mm. you know pins or um, iPhone cases and things like that. You know they they yeah. they are earbuds. And so I've got, like, I spent a decent amount of money, not too much, not too little, but, you know, I, I, where I feel good the, the, with the amount of money I spent on both the girls. And then I look back at review this stuff, and I know they're all going to fit, like, in a little bitty, like, 12 by 12 <laughs> space, because they're all so little, but there's so much money. Right. So I'm gonna, I was thinking about, you know, I want to wrap them all and put them underneath the tree so it looks like a nice, you know, full Christmas tree. And I'm like, but they're all, like, small, and it's going to look like these wee little presents that I get. Everybody tonight, so that yeah, it's that funny. I had that realization years ago when I digitized uh, my family's home videos um, Mm -hmm. because I have I have a lot of siblings, and I could see the Christmas mornings when even when there were just three of us, and you know, probably like I don't know, my sisters were probably like maybe two and four, and I was six or something like that. 
maybe one, three, and five, some somewhere around that age. And we are all so excited, so like exuberant, like Randy in a, in a Christmas <laughs> yeah. story, just like yeah, you, you know, yippee, hooray! Mm-hmm. And when you have small kids, right? You could spend, especially in the eighties, right? You could spend thirty bucks and have a whole pile, like have the under the tree packed with boxes and things right and i think over the years as we got older and and just as you describe like the things that kids want become more expensive and smaller and right smaller. So you're like what am i going to do spend the same amount of money that used to get like an hour of of time ripping open these packages is going to buy one thing and yeah it's <laughs> right. the thing they want but it's you know it's a different it's a different experience, and I th- I think that my parents and probably a lot of parents spend, you know, too much money and time, kind of chasing that 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 dragon of, uh, um, of the Christmas morning, uh, the Christmas morning feeling. As we but, saw, I mean, they, the, they, the they spirited, um, it's a real thing. I mean, it's even yeah. when Sid was around Lola's age, you know, um, you can just see you were just now talking about it, like with the videos that. that the excitement of looking at the presents, right? It's like, oh my right. gosh, there are presents here. But if you look at them and they're, for example, if you get a $50 gift card, $50 is a lot of money, but it's the size of like a three inch by two inch thing. Mm-hmm. It's paper thin, right? Um, and you look at that and you're like, oh, it's not very exciting. But you're excited when you open it, but just not looking at it the way. And you kind of want that to be, I was thinking of like a, you get a transformer for a kid and it's like a race car that's maybe like, uh, two inches by six inches, but the box is something like 12 by eight or something. So it's a big box type thing. Mm. But n- now when you buy things off Amazon, they want to get them in the smallest containers possible. And uh, it's all quite conduct. Anyway, it's a weird, stupid little thing, but um, um, you're right. As, as my, as my kids get older, it's, you know, more expensive for, for smaller, um, smaller gifts. And, and that's the, that's right, the way it is. Right. You know, obviously and, my and- teenager would probably just have cash, but. Right, right. You also get that that thing where, you know, people as they become teenagers or whatever, and it's not universally true, but very few non-children, right? People older than than child age react to things with the same level of of enthusiasm just because you experience more of life, right? Yeah. It's the same it's the same way as, you know, adults get frustrated when a child like has a has an emotional breakdown because they you know, dropped their stuffed animal in a puddle or something, you know, to an adult, incredibly trivial, right? And you're like, yeah, you know, oh, you're, you're acting like it's the end of the world. You're acting like it's the worst thing that ever happened to you. Well, therefore, <laughs> it is the that worst is thing. the worst thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. I told this bit before. Um, and, th- you know, the, the happiness is the same, is the same way, right? Like you've experienced Christmas morning several times now and you're like, Oh, cool. This is great. Like, even if you like it, right, it's just not, you're not going to react in that way that a child does. Um, right. And even, even if you're not a, a moody, gloomy teenager. Well, so the last thing we'll, we'll leave off here in our last two minutes, um, for this, this holiday season, uh, Dennis, what, what is your, um, best Christmas gift you ever got in your entire life? Oof. I know it's going to push. Hopefully, no one who who gave you what they thought was the best gift is listening. But <laughs> right, I, I don't think any of my family listened to our show. <laughs> um, 
boy, it's a tough. Uh... You you don't have one that stands out like oh man, I remember that, like a Red Rider I... BB gun type thing. I don't I don't think so. I mean, I had a handful of you know exact thing that I wanted um, in whatever in whatever year, but I don't know of any i don't remember it like the the moments that stand out that's pretty terrible i'm gonna go tell your parents that i'm gonna tell your parents that all the years they bought you everything that they worked so hard on you don't remember one special one what i mean is (laughs) is they put so much effort into it that i remember a year that i wanted you know a a colts jersey and a and a fancy like a like a posh winter coat instead of a puffy like winter winter coat and i got a wool pea coat and a and a reggie wayne jersey and that was great and one year i got a sewing machine that i still have i have with me in the camper right now um i got a guitar one year that i that i really wanted and i went to went to the guitar store and bought a case for it and 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 all this stuff so i remember a lot of those that stood out in the, 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 the that stuff was mostly older i remember um uh chasing after the the Home Alone two Talk Boy for years, that was one of those um, <laughs> nice. like the Furby. It was that year that yeah, everybody yeah. wanted it, and it you know the stores were all out of stock. Um, I love that Furby is my example for that. But um, <laughs> and I finally got it, and was like, it was cool. I played with it all the time, but it was that first like it's the earliest experience I remember of not really buyer's remorse, but that feeling of like the chase was more fun than than the catch uh oh yeah sure as as, as it were a little um, disappointing with what you got in the end not i mean i don't even want to say disappointing because it was just like oh okay yeah this is this is great but it's not like you build it up in your mind with with expectation yeah um I... the ones the the like more memorable emotional moments in christmas mornings were more of those were giving gifts and i'm not saying that to be cliche um it's literally true like sometimes gifts that i uh like the very first time i made one of these quilts for my oldest niece and the reaction from my sister um at the at the work and and i was kind of disappointed in it like i had made mistakes and i could see where i had to patch stuff together to make it all work but she didn't see any of that um or or things that were like almost throwaway things. When I, um, uh, before we had smartphones, I had I had a Palm Pilot. Like before, I was a teenager with a Palm Pilot before I even was <laughs> in college. Um, and I read books on it and I played games, just like stuff that people do with their phones now. Um, and at one point I bought a newer one. And so I gave my old one as a gift to one of my little brothers, David. And he was ecstatic, like over the moon. And I was like, okay, I mean, it's something that I could have at that point bought on eBay for 20 bucks, right? But he was so excited. I don't remember how old he was, probably like 12 or something. Um, And like that's the stuff that stands out to me emotionally as like just being very gratifying or fulfilling or whatever word you want to use for that. Yeah, I, I... I think for mine was definitely, I think there's definitely one that I had and, and it was, um, I had been 13 or 14. I want to say 13. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, that was, a, that's pivotal to this short story in, in that, um, 
Uh, I might have been 14, and we went to a family Christmas party, and we all got presents from family members. And I was at the age where I was in middle school or high school, like ninth grade or eighth grade or something like that. Um, And I wanted toys. I still wanted toys. Like, I was still into, like, Transformers and G.I. Joe and stuff like that. And I didn't have a whole lot of that stuff, and and I would have liked it. But they, everybody thought that it's the time that I would want, like, clothes, and, sure. you know, cool clothes stuff. Cause I'm a teenager now. Uh, so they, everybody bought me teenage stuff, teenager stuff. And it was sure. all nice and great. And I wore it all. And I was really thankful for it. Cause it was cool. But aunt, my aunt Debbie bought me, uh, like it's, they were called centurions is what they were like a, an action figure guy. Uh, mm-hmm. and he was about, I don't know, eight feet or eight, eight feet, eight inches tall. And he had all these little parts that went on him. He was really cool. And I freaking loved it. That was my favorite thing ever. And I know I had a lot of really great presents throughout Christmas, but that's one that will stick in my mind is like, she got me. She knew what I wanted. It was okay. <laughs> I was so happy. And I went and I went back in the other room and sat down and I pulled all the parts and played with it and put all the little things on and the guns and the weapons and the stuff like that. And just really, really enjoyed it. And that made me happy because I didn't get a whole lot of toys that Christmas, I got a clothes and stuff and from, you know, my own mom and uh, family members and which was fine, but I, I didn't, I was still wanting to be, I still had that kid, you know, kind of thing for me. That's why I still will buy the girls like kid things if they even hint at it, you know, like hmm. I, I, maybe I like, uh, um, my hero academia. Well, boom, I'm going to buy you the, the, you know, action figures for it or something, you know, like I'll, I'll buy them toys as long as they'll, they'll have them. So, yeah. Well, Dennis, but next time we talk, it'll be post Christmas and I wish you and your family Merry Christmas. As we, yeah, same, same go in, but I, uh, I think we did, we did good this year. We got, uh, one more week after this and no more Christmas shows after this one for a while. <laughs> I think I may try and find another. I may try and find another um, uh, Christmas rom com, but I I don't know if I'm going to be able to beat that one that we watched. So I have to get that's, that's true. That's true. That's what our buddy Pete said after that. after watching it. He was like, "Oh man, did I did I find the best one on the first try?" Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to give him uh, props on on that. Yeah, it's solid. All right, you've been listening to the front porch. This is episode. Uh, where is my window? Two hundred and seventy-six. Thanks always to our friends at LRM Online. You can check them out for reviews on all things. If you would like to reach out to us with suggestions for your favorite, uh, uh, unique and and out of the norm holiday rom coms, you can do that via email. Our address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. If you go over to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, you will kind of find contact forms there where you can reach out to us. Uh, a very out-of-date movie list, especially when we are calling audibles every week. Um, <laughs> all that good stuff. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice. And while you're there, if you would leave us a positive review, we always appreciate that. It helps out a lot. As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For The Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.